Last week, I touched on Facebook privacy concerns, but this week, I wanted to touch on why Facebook is blue. It's actually an interesting story. In addition to color in general, why do different colors have different meanings and why do different brands pick different colors? We'll get into that so you can keep it in mind as you're doing your own branding ventures. Also, the iPhone 7 was released a few weeks back. I wrote an article on this and created a little bit of a object lesson that we can learn from their decision to remove the headphone jack. So if you haven't heard about that, we'll be speaking, I'll be talking about that here shortly, as well as SVGs. If you've never heard of them before, they're an image format that are really lightweight, fast, and vector-based, and why you should use them on your website. All this and more on the Rightly Designed Show. No man who cares about originality will ever be original. It's the man who's only thinking about doing a good job or telling the truth who becomes really original and doesn't notice it. You're listening to the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Designed Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas and this is The Rightly Designed Show. So why is Facebook blue? Well, it's not quite as scientific as you might think. Uh, and it's, it's highlighted in an article that's available on Buffer. Uh, and it says, why is Facebook blue? According to The New Yorker, the reason is simple. It's because Mark Zuckerberg is red, green, colorblind. This means that the color blue... Uh, or it says that blue is the color Mark can see best. And in his own words, Zuck says, blue is the richest color for me. I can see all of blue. So as I mentioned, that's not necessarily the most scientific reason for, you know, in selecting a color blue from a branding standpoint, but it is very interesting nonetheless. Uh, so that's an interesting piece of trivia for you, the very fact that Mark Zuckerberg is, in fact, red-green colorblind. So it does make sense that blue uh, would be the color that he favors if it's the one that he can see the best. But when it comes to color, there is an actual strategy behind using specific colors when it comes to design and branding. Uh, in this article, they actually touch on, uh, they do a little bit of an interesting test, which is really uh really interesting in the sense that they've laid out all the different colors or all the different buttons or UI elements for four different popular social networks. And your job is to go through and without any text or, you know, context with uh, all these different UI elements, you have to guess which social media uh, network they belong to. So it's a great test to be able to see which of these social media networks are doing the best job to brand themselves with color alone. Uh, one of the studies that they reference uh, makes it clear that right around 90% of people's buying decision is based upon color. So that can dramatically sway your audience uh, or your potential buyers or prospects or clients or whoever you work with quite dramatically. So within this, they break down a couple of uh, key colors that are often used, often in a lot of brands, and they give some of the qualities and what they're best used for. So here's just a few. Black, uh, some of its qualities are definite, credible, strength, powerful, precise, uh, professional, direct, and accuracy. It's best for construction, corporate, oil, financial, 
fashion, manufacturing, cosmetics, mining, marketing, and a tradesman. The color green. Some of its qualities are the fact that it's uh, natural, organic, youth, nurturing, instructional, educational, adventurous, ecological, uh, calming, and nature. And it's best used for, and this is green, best used for medicine, science, government, recruitment, ecological business, tourism, human resources. And then they touch on blue. Some of its qualities are credibility, calming, clean, focused, medical, professional, judicial, power, and business-like. Blue is often best used for medical, scientific, utilities, government, healthcare, high-tech, recruitment, tradesmen, legal, information technology, dental, and corporate. So as you can see, there's, there's a commonality between different trades and specific colors. It's not necessarily a hard, fast rule, but it's definitely something to consider. Uh, if you're going to do a rebrand or if you're going to do a new brand, or even if you're just thinking about creating some cohesiveness to the brand that you already have, these things can come in really handy to know uh, before starting anything like a new logo design or any sort of any sort of branding venture. So they go also into some specific colors in relation to buy buttons and some of the emotions and feelings and some of the psychology that goes behind specific colored buy buttons uh, in this article as well. So some of those are really interesting. Yellow is optimistic and youthful, often used to grab attention of window shoppers. Uh, buy, or I'm sorry, red is uh, usually meant to denote energy, increases heart rate, creates urgency, often seen in clearance sales. Blue creates the sensation of trust and security, often seen with banks and businesses. Green is associated with wealthy, uh, with wealth, the easiest color for the eyes to process, used to relax in stores. Also, an interesting side note, I read an article or a study years ago that talked about green and the fact that green is actually the most forgettable color in that in nature, it's often in the background. It's in the trees, it's in the grass, it's in the things that we don't notice right up front. So it's part of the reason why a, a lot of studies have shown that green is actually easily forgotten. That doesn't necessarily mean that it will be forgotten. It just means among all the colors and the studies that they've done, there's a really interesting little tidbit about green. So something to consider if you're going to use green as your, at least a, a really dark uh, or muted green as your color of choice. Orange is uh, aggressive, creates a call to action, subscribe, buy, or sell. Pink is romantic and feminine, used to market products to women and young girls. Black, powerful and sleek, used to market luxury products. Purple is used to soothe and calm, often seen in beauty or anti-aging uh, products. So some interesting stuff. It's a really uh, in-depth article. And as always, I'm going to leave links to any of the articles that I reference will be in today's show notes. And today's show notes can be found at rightlydesignedshow.com slash 25. Now, the other thing I had mentioned at the top of the show that I wanted to at least touch on briefly was the fact that Apple decided to uh, remove the headphone jack in their recent release of the iPhone 7. So this was a few weeks back. Apple announced a whole bunch of new features, a lot of the typical things that you've come to expect. So, you know, it's got uh, a better camera. It's got a new, uh, more sleek look and feel. Everything's just generally faster. Um, pretty much every, like I mentioned, a lot of the things you've kind of come to know and expect from Apple releases. 
Oh, something that was really interesting, and there was a lot of feedback, uh, you know, the days following the decision to remove the headphone jacks. There's kind of two camps. There's the camp of people, especially the, the Apple loyalists who will defend Apple, uh, you know, at all costs. And I've, I've run into some of these uh, individuals myself, but some are in one, one of two camps typically. Either one, it's, it's innovative, it's brave, it's a step forward, you know, by removing the headphone jack. Other people, and I tend to be a little bit more in this camp, is this, the fact that, well, okay, we're well, just removing a feature for the sake of, trying to simplify your product without an actual step forward for functionality is a step backwards. So I wrote a, a uh, article on this over uh, on Rightly Design. So if you'd like to read through it, I go into a little bit more detail in this object lesson and some of the things that we can take away from it. But here's kind of the two points I make. So number one, this uh, headphone jack being removed uh, is being replaced by they've got their own lightning charger. And so rather than, you know, sticking their headphones in the headphone jack, it's got this little lightning, this proprietary lightning charger jack. So what you do is you stick your headphones where you usually stick, uh, you know, the charging device. So it's the same outlet, so to speak. So, and the idea from, from that is pretty understandable. They're trying to slim down. They're trying to create a more compact a more compact, slimmer device. That's what they did with their notebooks a while back. They removed the CD drive so that it could be slimmer, which made sense. Nobody uses CDs anymore. But the difference here is that, number one, uh, everybody still uses headphones. Like, the entire world still uses headphones. They're still in use. CDs, not so much. Headphones, yes. So that's number one. 99.99% of headphones now will not work with this iPhone 7. Unless... Now, here's kind of their caveat. They are providing an adapter. So you can use this adapter in order to use your regular headphones. So already, just to be able to work in this new feature, we now have to add in this extra piece to make it work. So again, you're kind of adding to rather than taking away in terms of if your goal is to simplify. Number two, and this is from a functionality standpoint. Now that you're using the same port, so to speak, to charge your phone, and use your headphones, you now can no longer charge your phone at the same time that you're listening to music. So for most people, this may not be a big deal, but from a purely design standpoint, all that's taken place here, and again, it's this isn't like a huge deal. I want to underscore that 99.99% you know, of all Apple fans or people who use iPhone uh, or Apple products are still going to go buy this iPhone. So it's not like a deal breaker. It's not something that is a massive catastrophe. But it is something that we can learn from in that, you know, now you have to, you can no longer listen to music and charge the device at the same time. So by making this design decision, what they have done is what a lot of designers actually do today, which is favor form over function, which is to favor the way something looks or being cool or slim or hip rather than the actual functionality of the thing that you're creating itself. So I've taken away the ability for somebody to be able to charge their phone and listen to music or listen to audio at the same time. I've taken that away from them. At the same time, I have required them to use an extra adapter just to be able to listen to music. Again, not a huge deal in, in terms of the practicality of it. But we can learn from that from our, for our own branding, for our own design, or whether we're creating products or services that are already well-established. 
if you're going to add something to them, if you're going to improve them, the goal is to move it forward. Make that user experience better. Add a feature that helps somebody accomplish their goal better. So my kind of argument behind this move by Apple is that it doesn't accomplish that. It creates a device that's slimmer, that is, you know, more hip, more modern, more more Apple, but it takes away features. It takes away functionality. It does not add to it. So again, I go into some more detail. You can see some of the some of the links and some of the other quotes I have in there as well, some some other articles. And again, those articles are always going to be listed over at rightlydesignedshow.com slash 26. And that's where you'll be able to find today's show notes. Now, the main topic and the main thing I wanted to get into today is SVGs, uh, the, the image format that has become more and more popular over the years. And as we get into it, you'll, you'll notice why. But before I do that, I wanted to take a quick moment to mention a WordPress theme I recently developed, which I think you're going to find really useful. Um, as you probably already know, I developed themes and I developed a brand called Notable Themes. And over there, I regularly release new niche-specific WordPress themes. So that is WordPress themes that fit a specific purpose. And so the latest one I've created is one called Bookstand. So if you're an author and if you're writing a book or if you've already written one, you're definitely going to want to check this out. The idea behind Bookstand was to create a hub for your specific book. It's a one-page scroller website. And I've seen this all over the place. I've been working in the publishing industry, you know, over 10 years now. And, you know, I've been very heavily involved with book marketing and, and book promotions of a wide variety of anything from traditional publishing houses to independent authors. And one of the biggest marketing mistakes I see is that people will go out and they'll even buy a domain for their book. So they'll be they'll go and buy like mylatestbook.com, you know, so whatever your book title is, you know, book.com. So they'll go buy that. But then what so many people do is they just redirect that to their Amazon page. And I've, you know, I've said time and time again in the past, that's such a waste, that's such a lost opportunity. Because when you're selling a book and you're going through all the, the difficulties and trouble of doing a book promotion or a book tour, so if you go to bookstores or you know, there's some authors who do TV and radio and all these places, if you're just sho uh, you know, shoveling people over to your Amazon page, you miss the opportunity to tell them about you know, your website, your social media presence, to capture their email address, to show them a book trailer. All these things are completely missed by not having a simple landing page, something that tells people a little bit more about your book. So that's why I decided to create Bookstand. Bookstand is just, as I mentioned, a simple one-page scroller, and it's all created with the native widgets built into WordPress. So if you're already familiar with the drag and drop functionality of widgets, you already know how to use Bookstand. You're gonna upload a book trailer. You can easily incorporate your email list so you can create bonuses for people. So you know if, if people buy your book within a certain amount of time uh, and they give you uh, their email address, you can send them bonuses. You can also uh, work in buy now buttons for all the different places that you sell it. So that's Amazon, Barnes Noble, you know, iBooks, all the different places. Or if you distribute uh, just distribute it yourself, you can all do that. Really, you can do that all very easily within Bookstand. Uh, in addition to that, you can highlight uh, Amazon or Barnes & Noble reviews. So if you get a good review and you want to highlight it on this one page, you can do that. You can also add testimonials with pictures. Uh, there's a place where you can add a contact, uh, a contact us form. So if you want to be able to schedule media interviews, all the things that are essential to a book 
So my contention now is that every book, every book that you publish should have its own website, especially when you're going to do a campaign and all the things that come essential with publishing a book. So you can check that out over at Notable Themes, uh, and that's just NotableThemes.com. Design. Branding. Marketing. WordPress. Helping you build a better brand through the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Designed Show. Okay, so the main topic I wanted to touch on today was SVGs. So what is an SVG? If you're not already familiar with the term, an SVG is another image format. So we've got JPEGs, we've got PNGs, we've got GIFs, or also known officially as GIFs. Um... But it's another image format that we're able to use on the web today and is becoming really widely supported. All the most mo- all modern browsers use it, so Chrome, Safari, uh, Internet Explorer, Opera. All these browsers use it in addition to, you know, uh, the mobile versions use it. And I think, you know, Internet Explorer all the way back to, I think it's version 9, has support for SVG. So it's very widely supported. Now, I, I recorded an episode several weeks back where I touched on the importance of using optimized images. I talked about the fact that if you're using JPEGs that are you know, completely massive when they don't need to be, if they're you know five, six megabytes, as I've seen on some websites, that can dramatically slow down the loading times and decrease the user experience on that web page. In addition to that, it can also cause the problem for it can cause a problem for people who rely heavily upon the data plan on their mobile devices. A lot of people do this. There's a lot of people out there, and I even cited some studies at the time, that talked about people who don't actually pay for internet, like an internet service at their house. They just rely solely on their data plan on their cell phone. So what that means is most people have limits, and you can reach those limits really quickly if you're visiting sites that have unnecessarily massive images every other page. So there's that end of the issue, but there's the other aspect as well, uh, the other end of the spectrum, so to speak, and that is devices are coming w- coming uh, now with really, really sharp and crisp displays. You know, Apple on their iPhones, iPads, and even uh, on the, their iMacs have a retina display, which is incredibly sharp. It's twice the pixel density. Uh, So that means in order to be able to deliver an image on your website that doesn't look pixelated, you have to deliver it at twice the size in order to, you know, to make, to account for that super sharp display. So this poses a problem because when you're going to be displaying images that are double the size uh, in terms of pixel density, they're going to be a lot larger in file size as well. So we kind of get this conundrum. We kind of get this problem that is really difficult to overcome when you're working with as it's you know raster or bitmap images so the svg solves this problem uh, an svg is a vector based graphic which means that it scales to an unlimited size uh, while retaining a very small file size so i recently read a book by uh, someone named chris coyer who i actually had the opportunity to interview uh, a little while back so if you haven't listened to that i highly recommend it and you can Check that out at rightlydesignedshow.com slash 13, where I had a chance to interview Chris. But he recently released a book all about SVGs. And so if you haven't, uh, or if you if you don't know a whole lot about SVGs, if you're a developer, it's, it's a must read. If you're a designer or developer, 
Even if not, though, even if you just run or maintain a website, I still highly recommend it because it's good to know uh, how SVGs can be leveraged to create a really uh, stunning user experience, a faster loading web page, and all that uh, an SVG can be used for. So I'm just going to read a really short um, uh, just excerpt from the book. And again, I just highly recommend you check it out uh, if SVGs are going to be something that you're going to uh, be using widely on your website. But it says, uh, one very important difference is file size. And right now he's talking about the difference between bitmap or raster type images and an SVG or a vector. It says, one important difference is file size. The PNG version, and he's talking, ref, ref, he's referencing a specific image, is 40K and the SVG version is 2K, literally 20 times smaller. We'll come back to this later. But the main difference is the file format itself. PNG, like its GIF and uh, JPEG cousins, is a raster image format. Raster images are also sometimes called bitmap images, although the terms are largely inter interchangeable. We'll use raster for the purpose of this book. Think of a raster as a grid of pixels. The difference between raster formats is largely about how that grid of pixel information is compressed. This is all tremendously nerdy, <laughs> as he mentions, but the common denominator is this, pixels. So SVG is different. Think of SVG as a set of instructions for drawing shapes. In fact, this is not a metaphor or, or abstraction. SVG is literally a set of, of instructions for drawing shapes. I don't think you can write a book about SVG without saying this, so let's get it out of the way. SVG stands for Scalable Vector Graphics. Vector is the key word here. Think geometry, points, lines, curves, polygons. The instructions in the SVG read something like this, go to such and such coordinate, draw a rectangle that is so tall and so and so wide, or draw a line or an ellipse, or uh, follow some more complex instructions and draw the Coca-Cola logo. Because SVG images are just a set of drawing instructions, they aren't tied to any particular pixel dimensions. Our dog.svg is happy to be displayed at 100 pixels wide or 2000 pixels wide. The exact same file will be equally visually crisp at any size. So how excellent is that? So anyways, he goes on to give some more information, some more data and uh, use cases for SVGs, so I do highly re recommend you check that out. And you can you can find a link to his book at today's uh, in today's show notes. Um, but SVGs are going to solve that problem that that problem between trying to decide whether or not you should include you know a really large image that will be viewable uh, on crisp devices while yet remaining uh, small in its file size. Now there's a little bit of a caveat to keep in mind. And this is why you're going to see so many websites that are using a flat style. So you see more and more websites that use logos and graphics that are very illustrative or flat in their style or in their design. My uh, previous rightly designed um, website design was actually quite the opposite of this, all wood grain and all these, you know, extra illustrative and decorative features built in. But you just can't do that anymore in today's day and age where images have to be so high quality to be viewable. So SVGs, now I mentioned a caveat, one of the caveats with using an SVG is that it has to be pretty flat in nature. You can't take a photograph, like if you've got a photograph of a dog, you can't take a photograph, convert it into an SVG, and then expect it to be small in its file size. SVG and all vector-based uh, vector graphics 
are going to work best for things that are minimal in color. So these are going to uh, you're going to be able to use this for things like um, solid, uh, you know, graphics or illustrations and logos. Logos especially are going to work really well for SVGs. Anything that's icon based or iconic, uh, anything that's really simple in the way that it's actually designed is going to work best for SVGs. So all that to say is uh, it's a little bit, you know, SVGs aren't exactly, you know, something that you can find all over the place. You can't exactly just go to Google and, you know, download an SVG as you would say another image. What you can do is there's a lot of stock photo websites out there that allow you to uh, download SVG versions of their illustrations. So if you want to start taking this really seriously in terms of implementing SVGs, that's a really good route that you can take to begin that process moving forward. So one of the ways that you can do this um, in terms of actually implementing it is your logo. So like, for example, on Rightly Designed, I've actually gone in and I've replaced my logo and any of the more simplistic graphics that I use throughout the site are now all SVGs. Same thing on Notable Themes, the website I mentioned previously, uh, notablethemes.com, all the like sidebar advertisements, a lot of the icons and imagery, the logo itself, all SVGs and a, you know, a dramatically smaller file size uh, while yet uh, have the ability to be you know, scaled to any size on a mobile device or a sharp screen and never lose any quality. So some of the places, as I mentioned, you can go to uh, stock photo websites you know, to track down different illustrations and look specifically for vector graphics. Um, and one of the best ways to implement this beyond logos and ads and things that are interspersed throughout your website is featured images. Most blogs and websites today use featured images really heavily, and that's the place where a lot of people use photos. I still uh, prefer photos just for the style of my, my website. I, I compress them as much as I possibly can. But if you're able to get away with and you're comfortable with using SVGs, they're going to be great in terms of loading loading time and as well as the actual visual quality that you will receive from them. So that's again where you can go uh, to a place like you know stock photo websites to to try to gather those sort of things. Uh, and especially if you're going to be using WordPress. Now WordPress, one of the issues that uh, a lot of people currently have as SVGs continue to grow in their prominence is unlike JPEGs, GIFs, and PNGs. WordPress does not currently allow you to natively upload SVGs to your image library, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, so what I've decided to do is I've actually gone in and I've, I've created a free uh, WordPress plugin that adds the support to WordPress. So I've got this available over at Notable Themes, totally free. Uh, and again, I'm also going to leave a link to this in the show notes. You can check it out there. But what it will enable you to do is to upload SVG graphics uh, just as you would any other type of graphic available uh, on uh, WordPress. So that'd be, you know, again, JPEGs, PNGs, bitmaps, all those different types of images. You'll be able to upload an SVG in the exact same way. Now, a second thing that I've, uh, thing that I've also created uh, is a free collection of of graphics that you can use, SVG graphics that you can use on your blog or on your website. So this is totally free of charge. Uh, it's available at rightlydesign.com. And just as uh, I mentioned for the uh, for the plugin to be able to use SVGs, you can go and you can grab this collection of SVG graphics 
uh, over at Rightly Design. Again, those are going to be available in the show notes. So that's something you, you're going to want to do is uh, if you're not already, make sure to subscribe to Rightly Design and you can just do that at rightlydesign.com and you can subscribe to Rightly Design because I'm going to be regularly releasing freebies like this more in the future. And that's going to include more SVG graphics, which are going to be really important if you're going to want to start implementing those things in your site. They're a little bit tricky to come by these days, so that's why I decided I'll probably start making SVG graphics that you can use uh, totally free of charge on your blog or website. Graphics that will be high quality in terms of the way that they render and then also reduced in their file size. So hopefully those will be really useful for you and you can start finding new ways to implement SVGs uh, on your site today and start reducing start reducing loading time and making for uh, a better user experience overall. So I do hope you find all these things useful. Again, today's show notes can be found at rightlydesignshow.com slash 25, where, you, where you'll be able to find links to both uh, to all the articles as well as the plugin that I developed over at Notable Themes. Uh, in addition to the free SVG graphics that you can download and start using on your site today. So I'd also like to mention, as always, if you have a question that you'd like answered uh, relevant to design, branding, marketing, or WordPress, feel free to head on over to rightlydesigned.com slash question, and I'd be happy to listen to that question and consider it for a full-length episode. So as always, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to The Rightly Designed Show. And we'll see you next week. Enjoying the Rightly Designed Show? Please consider taking a quick moment to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or the channel of your choice. Visit rightlydesigned.com show for links to these channels and more.